This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is In Legal Terms, the show all about you, your rights, and your questions about the law. I'm Greg Mayer, filling in today for your regular host, Liz Gill, and I'm joined by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. Our special guest today is Jennifer Riley Collins, the Executive Director of the ACLU of Mississippi. This morning, we're going to talk about a new law that takes effect today. It's called the Religious Liberty Accommodations Act. It's better known as House Bill 1523. We'll explore what this law says, what it means to you, and where the legal challenges to HB 1523 stand. If you have a question about House Bill 1523, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back after the news. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome back. This is In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you, your rights, and your questions about the law. I'm Greg Mayer, filling in today for your regular host, Liz Gill. I'm joined by Professor Richard Gershon at the University of Mississippi School of Law. And our special guest today is Jennifer Riley Collins, who is the Executive Director of the ACLU of Mississippi. This morning, we're talking about a controversial new law that takes effect today, the Religious Liberty Accommodations Act. Most of us know it as House Bill 1523. We'll talk about what this law says and answer your questions about how the law may affect you. If you have a question, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Good morning, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Greg, and I'm excited to have this discussion today, but I wanted to first plug an event that's happening at the law school that I thought might be of interest for people. It's tomorrow, Wednesday, October 11th at 1245 uh, here in our law school auditorium. Uh, Judge uh, Robert L. Wilkins will be on our campus. He currently serves on the Court of Appeals uh, in Washington for the D.C. Circuit, which is right below the Supreme Court. Uh, He was instrumental in development of the National Museum of uh, African-American History and culture on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., and he'll be talking about his book, The Long Road to Hard Truth. It should be an interesting program, and it is open to the public. So I just wanted to make sure that people were aware of that. Thank you. uh, But it is a great pleasure to have Jennifer Riley Collins, uh, the executive director of the ACLU, on today. Uh, She is uh, a native Mississippian, a cum laude grad of Alcorn State. Uh, She also uh, got her J.D. from Mississippi College. But she, what people may not know about, about her is she served for 20 years, over 20 years, uh, both active and reserve duty. And so we appreciate her service. Uh, she's been very involved in litigation throughout our state. So welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Ms. Riley Collins, we do appreciate you coming in today. And I think a good place for us to start is if you could tell us a little bit about the ACLU of Mississippi, your role and mission here, 
just so we can have the context of how that fits with House Bill 1523. Thank you. Uh, we're excited to be able to speak on this subject today. The ACLU of Mississippi was founded in 1969, and so we are quickly approaching in the next couple of years being um, here in Mississippi for 50 years. Uh, across the course of that 50 years, we have worked hard to ensure and protect um, freedoms for all Mississippians. We were founded clearly um, in the shadows of the Civil Rights Movement and have continued our efforts. Uh, today, we focus on uh, a number of issues, criminal justice reform, voting rights, uh, specifically increasing access to the polls, uh, equal opportunity for all, which includes our LGBT and, and our transgender education advocacy program, uh, as well as educational opportunities, ensuring that um, the children in our state, as well as those who educate the children in our state, have equitable opportunity um, that education is supposed to bring about in the state. And, and that brings us a nice segue into to the topic that we wanted to, to talk with you in depth about today, and that's this uh, Religious Liberty Accommodations Act, or yes. House Bill 1523. Could you tell us first, just what in the big picture, what is, what is this law and, and what does it do? So um, it is an anti-gay religious refusal law. Uh, Mississippi's HB 1523 is unique in its scope and breadth. No other state allows such wide-ranging um, discrimination against same-sex couples, transgender people. Um, for those who don't realize, it also impacts single parents and unmarried people, regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity. And when you say discrimination, could you tell, tell us what it is that the law does? So basically the law uh, allows a person who... Um, articulates that they have a sincerely held religious belief to um, claim that that religious belief allows them to um, discriminate against another. So it creates, um, in essence, a license to discriminate merely by articulating that you serving me, a single woman, uh, would violate your religious freedoms. I, you know, I don't, um, even though it is so wide-ranging, we know uh, in the state of Mississippi, that this bill uh, was not targeting me, a single mom. It was really targeting the LGBT community um, in response to uh, the law of the land uh, that was handed out by the United States Supreme Court in the Obergefell decision. And so um, we want to make sure that people are aware that the law is in effect today and that um, uh, LGBT community members are at risk of being harmed. This morning, we are talking with Miss Riley Collins, Executive Director of ACLU of Mississippi, and we're focusing our conversation on the new law, House Bill 1523, that takes effect today. If you have a question, call us at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. Uh, Ms. Riley Collins, the, the, the actual name of the act is the Protecting Freedom of Conscience from Government Discrimination Act. Yes. Who, who is the law designed to protect? Um, the law is allegedly designed to protect those with sincerely held be religious beliefs, the um, faith community. Uh, and, and we believe that the freedom of religion is one of our most fundamental rights in America. 
um, and that's why it's protected in the state and in, in, in state and federal constitution. Uh, but freedom does not give any of us the right to harm others. Uh, by uh, lifting up a religious, one religious belief, particularly a Christian religious belief, over um, another person's beliefs, puts that individual's religious beliefs, beliefs ahead of the common good. And so we believe that this law is harmful to all Mississippians. And Jennifer, I mean, would would you say that um, maybe there's a difference between belief and, and action? I know for a long time, uh, you know, Mormons believe, many of them, that, that you know, that polygamy is, is, you know, appropriate. And in fact, uh, many Mormons practice polygamy until uh, the United States declared that that was an illegal practice. So they may believe that, but they're not, they're, they're not allowed to practice polygamy. I think, um, and, and I'm not exactly familiar with the case, but um, I believe, and, and you know, and is, is my understanding that the Mormons have moved away from polygamy uh, and that action of polygamy because it was not in line with the common good. And so... Uh, there are cases, um, and unfortunately I don't have any of them in front of me, but there are cases that have held that um, a person's action should not, excuse me, that a, a person's belief should not, in fact, um, trump what the uh, common good is. You know, for instance, we wouldn't want to say that a person has a right based on a religious belief to uh, violate a child. Um, I believe that there is case law out there, and Professor, you probably know better than I do, that um, case law uh, when a, um, and I'm trying to think, is I believe it's the Jehovah's Witness, and if I'm incorrect in, in, in stating the particular domina- denomination, please forgive me, um, that they're not allowed to deny a child a blood transfusion, although that's their belief, uh, if that child's life is in imminent danger. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's case law out there to that effect. And so we have to be very careful. Um, people have to be very careful when um, they're raising issues um, that uh, would do harm to others. Uh, you know, the, the, there, there are so many myths um, related to this bill um, uh, and and those who 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 sought to have this bill passed, you know, they told a lot of untruths, saying that um, HB fifteen twenty three would protect you from a lawsuit. It won't. Um, it won't protect you. Uh, a a state law cannot protect anyone from a federal lawsuit. Um, and further, state law does not usurp federal law. Uh, whether it's uh, it is a constitutional guarantee. Um, federal legislation or Supreme Court decision. It's our hope that the United States Supreme Court will take up um, our partner organization's case uh, and and uh, strike down 1523 uh, because the federal government realizes that it has, uh, the 1523 would do greater harm um, to the entire country if it were a model that was allowed to stand. In, in this law, it, it, has not gone without challenges. In fact, there are multiple legal challenges. Could you just give us an overview of the current legal challenges facing uh, HB 1523? So um, the ACLU of Mississippi filed a case uh, immediately after 
the um, bill was signed into law by the governor challenging the law. Our case is currently stayed. Um, there were a number of other cases filed. Uh, the one that um, held the stay for the longest was uh, Barbara v. Bryant, and um, that is the matter that the Fifth Circuit ruled on um, very recently, uh, about seven, ten days ago. Um, and the attorneys for that case, who include Rob McDuff and others, has um, asked for review by, by the United States Supreme Court. But um, when they filed uh, for a rehearing of the stay last week, that was struck down. And so we are faced today with HB 1523 going into law. Um, the case was not struck down on constitutional grounds, but rather on whether or not the plaintiffs had standing. And when we come back from break, we'll get into the details of the, the pending litigation, and we're going to continue our discussion about House Bill 1523. If you have a question or want to join in the conversation, call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash terms. You can also find it on the MPB Media app. I'm Greg Mayer, filling in today for your regular host, Liz Gill. I'm here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, and we're joined this morning by Jennifer Riley Collins, the Executive Director of the ACLU of Mississippi. This morning, we're talking about House Bill 1523, a law that takes effect today. And before the break, we were just getting into the discussion about the legal challenges, the current legal challenges, Ms. Riley Collins, and you were telling us uh, the status at the Fifth Circuit and the reason the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and, and the reason that their ruling is why the law went into effect today. Right. So the Fifth Circuit of Appeals struck down and uh, basically struck down an injunction that was put in place um, by uh, after the filing of the Barbara V. Bryant case. Um, if memory serves correctly, and I should have had this timeline in front of me, if memory serves correctly, that case was originally filed prior to Obergefell. Uh, and Obergefell is now the law of the land as meted out by the United States Supreme Court that said same-sex marriage should be allowed, and so no state can um, prohibit same-sex marriage. Um, in response to Obergefell, the Mississippi legislature and the governor put forth HB 
1523, um, which is a law we're, that goes into effect today that we're talking about. There were a number of challenges. The ACLU filed uh, a case, Campaign for Southern Equality filed a, a matter, and those our cases is stayed. But the plaintiffs in the Barber case um, actually asked the court um, last week to reconsider and to to uh, continue to stay the matter. Um, that request was immediately shut down and or dismissed, denied. And they are now considering uh, asking the United States Supreme Court for review. But today... Um, because the court has not yet said their review would be allowed, um, um, the injunction is lifted and the law goes into effect. And and as I understand it, the reason the Fifth Circuit uh, dismissed the case was an issue that's known as standing. Yes. Can you tell us what standing is? So standing is basically saying that you have um, been harmed or you have the right to, to bring a lawsuit. And what the court has said, um, with uh, exception of the two dissenting judges, um, is that no one has yet been harmed um, by HB 1523, and therefore the case was not yet ripe to be heard. Um, What the the dissenting judges uh, and the plaintiffs in Barbara put forth is that harm has actually already occurred in that People are being treated differently. They're being stigmatized simply because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. And by dismissing it on the issue of standing, did the Fifth Circuit in any way address the merits of the law? No. Uh, So the the constitutional claims uh, of 14th Amendment due process violations have not uh, been addressed. and we, we, we want to definitely encourage people. We, we feel like you feel like you've already been harmed. Um, but if you are denied a service by a business or denied uh, the right to uh, go and get a marriage license or anything else, if you are harmed by this law in any way, if you feel like you're discriminated against because you go into a business and they say, well, because of my... Um, religious beliefs, I don't have to serve you, please call the ACLU at um, www.aclu-ms.org or one of our partner organizations, the Mississippi Center for Justice, Campaign for Southern Equality, Human Rights Campaign. Call us. We're here standing by um, to provide you representation and assistance. Now, you have filed, the ACLU has actually a separate lawsuit. That's not the one we're talking about today. That was right. at the Fifth Circuit. Tell us a little bit about that lawsuit and, and the basis for the challenge. So the basis for the challenge was 1523. Um, our, our plaintiffs, Nicholas and Stephen, um, stood with the ACLU to challenge uh, 1523 going in uh, initially. Again, um, the, the court stayed our case pending some other the other lit- litigation that was going on and at this point um you know we are considering um how we can move our case forward and hoping that uh we'll be able to have our stay lifted and to proceed because we believe that Mississippians have already been harmed by this matter our plaintiffs are a um 
couple uh, that live in East Mississippi who are uh, considering marriage and uh, want to be able to go and receive uh, services from any court clerk that they go and stand in front of uh, without being treated as um, second-class citizens. Does your lawsuit have the same concerns on standing that the lawsuit before the Fifth Circuit had? Well, uh, if you interpret the Fifth Circuit's um, opinion regarding standing, standing, possibly so. Um, You know, it's our hope that the court will decide. Uh, You know, if the court reads narrowly that um, a person has to suffer some tangible harm before they can move forward, then possibly. You know, I don't want to speculate on what the court would do, though. We hope that the court uh, would move forward uh, in defense of freedom. And we've talked about it at the top of the hour a little bit. Who are the groups of individuals who would potentially have standing to challenge this law? So a number of people would have standing to um, be harmed by this law and therefore, um, uh, you know, and so we want to remind everyone that this is wide ranging. Uh, It would affect same sex couples, transgender people, single parents. Uh, and all unmarried people, regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity. So let's say, for instance, that, um, um, and I'm just going to toss out some names. I'm going to create some fictional characters. Jennifer and Jeff, who are an unmarried couple, decide they want to move from where they're living now and go and live somewhere else. And so they go to rent an apartment Um And the landlord happens to see that Jennifer is not wearing a wedding ring. Jennifer nor Jeff are wearing wedding rings and inquires, are they married? And they say, no, we're not married. We just live together. And he could then choose to say, well, I don't want to provide, uh, I don't want to rent you a space and I don't have to rent you a space because, um, you know, you guys living together or shacking in the terms of the church, (laughs) Uh, is is a violation of my uh, seriously held religious beliefs. And so at that point, Jennifer and Jeff would, you know, be harmed. Uh, It could, of course, harm uh, same-sex couples. It could harm a single person going to receive uh, uh, medical services. A a hospital could say, you know what, we don't want to serve you because, uh, you know, it's our belief that the reason that you're here is because you are, um, you know, having marital, uh, having sex outside of marriage. Uh, maybe a school counselor would um, bring some state, you know, charge saying, you know, I don't want to provide school counseling to this transgender student because to do so would um, conflict with my religious beliefs. Uh, so it is it is extremely wide ranging and overbroad, and many people in the state of Mississippi potentially will be harmed by this law. This morning, we are talking with Jennifer Riley Collins, executive director of the ACLU of Mississippi, and we are focusing our conversation on the new law that takes effect today, the Religious Liberty Accommodations Act. If you have a question, call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. To circle back on that, the last example, uh, having to deal with a a public official, a school counselor at a public school, Mm -hmm. the law provides that if a public official has a sincerely held religious belief and doesn't want to execute on the duty, then they don't have, that individual doesn't have to, 
but then they have to make arrangements for some somebody else, some somewhere else that has to be taken care of. Does that in any way remedy what you see are problems with the law? I don't rem- I don't see that it remedies for everyone in Mississippi. You know, if you live in a place like Jackson, um, Madison County, some of the larger counties where you may have someone that you could just turn to the person next door and say, you know what, I'm accusing myself. Can you serve them? And that person is not impacted. You know, they, now they may be stigmatized because, you know, I, I very seriously doubt that people would do it in a way that is um, respectful and, and would offer a couple dignity or, you know, the person seeking the service dignity. Um, but what do, what do you do? when this statewide law impacts a smaller county where you only have that one clerk there. Now that person uh, or couple is inconvenienced uh, because now somebody else has to go find somebody else, uh, maybe from another county. I don't even, you know, uh, how to to, to provide that service. So what do you do? This is a statewide law, and it impacts um, both our large counties and, and, um, and, you know, and, 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 and the small ones as well. And does the law provide a similar alternative if if you're a private business, for instance, like the the, the apartment complex? Mm-hmm. Does the law allow if if I wanted to go live in an, an apartment complex and I'm an unmarried couple, and the apartment manager said uh, I have a sincerely held religious belief uh, under this act and I'm not going to rent an apartment to you? Uh, does something in the law make them do that, or is it, uh, he can just tell me I can't live there and I can't live there? Well, you know, the the unfortunate thing is this broadly and poorly written law could have all sorts of unintended, unintended consequences. Um, it will um, likely cause the courts to be ripe with lawsuits. Um, there'll be costly lawsuits. There'll be increased to cost of taxpayers. Um, the law could allow religion to be used to discriminate. Um, uh, that's why I've referred to it as a license to discriminate, and you know, and it, these matters will have to play out in court. We're going to take our next break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what it means to have a sincerely held religious belief, and we'll talk more about House Bill 1523. Give us a call if you have a question or comment. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Greg Mayer, filling in today for Liz Gill, and I'm here with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. We're joined today by Jennifer Riley Collins, the executive director of the ACLU of Mississippi, 
And we're talking about House Bill 1523, the Religious Liberty Accommodations Act, which actually takes effect today. Uh, and before the break, we were talking about individuals who have standing to sue under the law, the impact of the law. And now let's turn to the phone lines. We've got Rick from Grand Bay. Rick, good morning. And whenever they talk about my religious right to deny something, whose religion is that that's going to be the test? I know them under federal law, like under the, uh, the uh, uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act, that has to be a recognized religion by the federal government. But well, we're going to wind up in a situation where Catholics become know-nothings and can't vote and, uh, and are hunted down and have to have can't own property or, you know, where's it going to read to? And I'll take the answer offline. Ms. Riley Collins, that's a, that's a great question. We were about to get to that, too. As Rick's asking, as I understand it, when we say a sincerely held religious belief, who's, what religion are we talking about? So, um, you know, the, the sincerely held religious belief is founded in the First Amendment. Um, but the across the course of the years, it has not been defined. And so it is a bit of a vague term. And it's an excellent question because whose religion does matter? The freedom of religion is a fundamental right, and it's not a right that it should be used to harm others. Um, and nor should the government endorse or lift up one religion over another. It is, you know, my concern, and I, I will tell you I'm a person of faith, um, but my faith has taught me that we're not to do harm to people. It, faith calls us to love, respect, and to include, um, not to use religion as a as a tool of harm or as a, a weapon of, of, of destruction. Uh, and so as we think about how this law came in, into play and some of the the myths that were lifted up by leadership, uh, the governor and um, Andy Gibson, when he talked about um, this this bill, uh, it, it seems that we would be in the state of Mississippi lifting up Christianity over another religion. And um, I will tell you, I think that that flies in the face of of the United States Constitution, and it flies in the face of freedom. And this Riley Collins, I mean, it seems like to me if somebody says I am someone who has this sincerely held religious belief, does that mean they have to close on Sunday? Uh, are we going to check to see if they celebrate Halloween? Because a lot of people say Halloween is a, you know, a holiday that is a pagan holiday. I mean, how do you, how do you even prove a sincerely held religious belief? I think that is going to be the questions that the courts are faced with. How does one determine what is um, a belief versus action as, you know, you talked about earlier. Um, and, you know, uh, in defining religion, uh, I think the, the the courts have been clear in that, uh, in trying to give leeway. But how does one say that my religious belief versus your religious belief? You know, what if someone came and said, it's my religious belief that I should be able to marry within the same sex, and so now you're discriminating against mine? It just creates this um, uh, dam-breaking of of legal challenges. Does the law, as written, would it allow a same-sex couple to not serve, say it's a restaurant business, a uh, traditionally married couple? 
You know, the law as it is written is, again, like I stated earlier, it's, it's poorly written uh, and overly broad. Uh, and I think you're just going to have all the kind of in, unintended consequences in that you're going to have people um, uh, basically taking advantage and claiming that religion gives them one a, a right to ignore um, the laws as they are. And so uh, you, you have uh, a number of things that could happen. We have Jackie from Madison. Jackie, what's your question or comment? Well, it's really a comment. I think they've left something out of the bill that would be very important for me as a consumer and a resident of Mississippi, and that is uh, require all businesses who support this bill to display it in their window or in their advertising so that I would think they would be very proud to display this since they pushed so hard to get this bill. And that would allow those of us who are adamantly opposed to the bill to uh, choose to um, take our business elsewhere. So how do I, as a consumer, know that I am supporting a business that discriminates or that supports? That's a great question, Jackie. Uh, uh, Ms. Riley Collins, is there anything in the bill that requires uh, businesses to display their support or opposition to it? No, nothing that requires them. We encourage businesses who are... um, supportive of inclusivity in the state of Mississippi to uh, to advertise that they are open for everyone, as businesses should be. Um, you know, the uh, one of the, the, the key factors is that businesses that are doing business in the public should be open to the public and should be open to everyone on the same terms. No one should be turned away from a business, refused service by government officials, evicted from their home, or anything else just because of who they are. All hardworking people, including gays or lesbians, single parents, uh, whoever, should be treated fairly and equally under the law. And, you know, it, it reminds me a little bit. My father came back from fighting in World War II. Uh, we're Jewish, and, he, and there were signs that said, no dogs or Jews allowed on hotels. Of course, you know, uneven un, un written in that was that African Americans weren't allowed in those hotels because of segregation. So, you know, when you see, when you hear about this kind of discrimination and, and you have family members who have been discriminated in that way, it really, it really does bother you. We have uh, Jeff from Pontotoc. Jeff, good morning. Good morning. What's Thanks your, for taking my call. Yes, sir. Thank you for calling. What's your question or comment? My comment would be that when it deals with uh, uh, any, any type of religion, we got a whole lot of different religions, but when it deals with the worldwide, the, even the Bible said that the people rejoice when righteous men are in charge. So they made a righteous decision because homosexuality and all that stuff they're talking about is out of the natural order. So now we see all these national disasters that are actually showing us that if we continue to allow these people to... to express stuff that we see that is not natural. Jeff, thank you. The world is going to come to an end. Because Je- we got- Jeff, thank you for that call. Uh, it, Jeff's viewpoint is not Jeff's alone. It's a, he, he is sharing uh, a sentiment that's uh, shared by, by many. Uh, Ms. Riley Collins, how does that affect or how does that apply with this law? So thank you, Jeff, for your comment. Um, very interesting. Uh I will tell you that people of faith have multitude interpretations of the scripture and tradition. Um, 
but one person's faith or, or one group's faith, even if that is the majority of faith, should not uh, be the faith that does harm to another. Uh, I, I will tell you, many people of faith uh, remain conflicted about the place of the LGBT uh, community members in their congregation and society. Um, often people in conflict know, uh, and I bet you, Jeff, if you look around in your church or on your pew, you're going to find a person that's LGBT. And, you know, what I would encourage you to do is embrace them with fairness and inclusion. Uh, if you are a person of color, think about how you uh, would be treated if there were not laws protecting you by race. If you are a woman, think about laws that protect you because of your gender. Um, and, and, you know, and so I would encourage people to um, be more inclusive in their hearts and minds. Uh, but from a governmental standpoint, you know, the, the courts have been clear. Uh, you're not to use religion as, as uh, governments are not to use religion to, uh, to harm, and they're not to endorse one religion over another. In, in your view, is there any way this law, House Bill 1523, could be fixed to accommodate individuals who do have sincere, like Jeff, sincere religious beliefs uh, and, and to whom they wish to do business uh, and at the same time, not do harm, uh, as, as you would you would say, to those individuals that, that are suing. I don't want to fix it. I want to get rid of it. <laughs> the bill is unnecessary. Um, uh, religious organizations already have the right um, to, uh, you know, nobody's saying you can go in, you you can force a church to go in and marry someone that they, you know, that's not aligned with their, their faith. Um, businesses that are open to the public should be open to the public. Uh, providing commercial services doesn't mean that a business owner is endorsing anyone's marriage or anyone's lifestyle. It simply means that they're providing services to the public and that they are open to the everyone on the same terms. Um, this bill is uh, not intended to uh, help anyone or protect anyone. This bill is intended to do harm. Um, the religious freedom is already protected in the First Amendment of the uh, First Amendment of the United States Constitution, which is the highest law of the land. Uh, and so, uh, this this bill is is unnecessary. It is fear mongering. Um, it will not protect anyone from a lawsuit because you know laws can still be challenged in the federal court. Um, it treats one group, specifically LGBT persons. Um, differently than others. And so it's an unnecessary bill. So no, I don't think it can be fixed. It needs to be um, ended. It needs to be repealed. It needs to be done away with because it is unnecessary and it is harmful. And it's, you know, it's been harmful. I'm sorry, Greg. It's been harmful economically too, because a lot of states are forbidding their uh, public employees from traveling to Mississippi to attend conferences and things like that. They will not reimburse them because of House Bill 1523. I know our local high school uh, is limited in the plays that it can offer because some of the companies that uh, license out uh, uh, theater productions are opposed to House Bill 1523. Uh, people who are authors who would normally have come to Mississippi, some have decided not to uh, to speak. So, I mean, there, there are economic impacts and other impacts, impacts on the arts that have been caused by this bill that really doesn't do any good. Susan from DeSoto County has been patiently waiting. Susan, good morning. Good morning. What's your question? Uh, I have, well, I have a, it's kind of a hypothetical question. Uh, 
if the if fifteen twenty three allows um, allows the clerk in the county court to refuse me service um, because uh, I'm LGBT or because I had sexual relations outside of marriage, uh, my question is. Uh, can I insist when I go to pay my car tax at the courthouse, can I insist that the clerk who waits on me be somebody who is in compliance with 1523 and has never had sex outside the bonds of marriage? Can I insist that I only deal with state legislators who have never had sex outside the bonds of marriage? Because otherwise they're breaking the law. Why should I do business with state employees who are breaking the law? I appreciate the fact that you are pointing out the hypocrisy of this law. Thank you so very much, Miss Susan. Well, and, but she 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 has a, a a valid question. Can she insist upon whom at the that she uses the tax collector's office? Who at the tax collector collector's office uh, provides her service? You know, um, I, I I don't want to really speculate on whether or not you would have standing to do that, um, Miss Susan, but. It would seem that if you went in and argued, um, you know, using um, this poorly written law, that your religious belief is impacted, you know, uh, that this they're serving you conflicts with your religious belief, then uh, it would seem that the government would have an honest to make sure that only the people who met with their... Um, uh, I don't even know how you would comply with that, to be very honest, how the government would comply with that. Um and so it's 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 it, it is a wonderful question. Uh, the hypothetical shows the hypocrisy of the law because who says that um, one person is right over the other? Susan, thank you for your call, and we're going to take our final break for the day. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Miss Riley Collins, the executive director of the ACLU of Mississippi, about House Bill fifteen twenty three. If you have a question, the number is eight one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Standing member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash terms. The show is also available on the MPB Media app. I'm Greg Mayer filling in today for your regular host, Liz Gill, and I'm here with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And we're joined today by Jennifer Riley Collins with the ACLU of Mississippi. And we've been having a conversation this morning about House Bill 1523. It's the new law that takes effect today. We welcome your calls. If you have a call, uh, the number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 
7464. Miss Riley Collins, before the break, our last break, we talked about sincerely held religious beliefs. Is there a way that that can be defined or uh, narrowed down so we understand what that means to have a sincerely held religious belief? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, the phrase is, is, is founded in the First Amendment of the United States Com- Constitution, but the courts have um, not narrowly defined uh, what a religious, uh, seriously held religious belief is. Um, there has been some case law on belief versus action, uh, but none of that has given us a definitive answer to what a seriously held, sincerely held religious belief is. And so um, th- it is why we believe that this law will result in cost- costly lawsuits and increase the taxpayers uh, who uh, have to foot the bill for the government litigating. Is that part of the ACLU's challenge and the lawsuit that, that explained has stayed now? But is it because of it's, it's undefined what a sincerely held religious belief is under the law? So our our case was actually um, seeking to um, enjoin 1523 so that um, people were not treated differently. So when the young couple would go to receive a marriage license, that um, there could not be a carve-out by court clerk saying um, that he or she did not want to provide services and therefore do harm. Um, It was not narrowly—it did not— look narrowly at um, the definition of a sincerely held religious belief, but I think ultimately uh, as these cases, and many more will come, I believe, as these cases come before the court, the court will um, have to address that that um, answer. Um, but, you know, the court, I think, has avoided answering, you know, what one religion is over another because then it would be in, in the business of defining uh, what is a, a recognized religion one over an, over another. Let's go back to the phone line. We've got Frank from Jackson. Good morning, Frank. Uh, good morning. I have a very simple question. Uh, as a Christian, it would be extremely difficult for me to videotape a uh, wedding in question. Uh, do I not have any rights? Uh, if I refuse, in the absence of 1523, if I refuse to videotape uh, a homosexual wedding, then uh, I will be faced with financial ruin. Would I not be harmed? That's my question. Thank you. So, Frank, the the um, I think I think the 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 greater question here is. Will this bill, will this now law, allow uh, unleashed discrimination? A ruling allowing discrimination um, here, uh, this law allowing discrimination, turns the Constitution's promise of equal treatment on the law on, on its head. Um, it is, um, my guesstimation, would have far-lasting implications beyond the LGBT community. Um, it would put into jeopardy longstanding laws against discrimination across the country. And so the, I think the greater question is, is that in our best interest as we think about what freedoms are? Um, religious freedom is a fundamental, it is a fundamental pillar in uh, the American society. Uh, houses of worship and clergy have the freedom to determine 
which marriages they will and want perform. Um, providing commercial services, uh, like you described, taking the photograph, doesn't mean that you're endorsing anyone's marriage or agreeing with everything that, you know, the potential customer that you would photograph believes in. It simply means that you're providing a service to the public and that uh, you're willing to do that um, open to everyone on the same terms. And why, and why if, 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 if the caller is correct, then why can't he discriminate? Why can't he say, well, I don't want to film a Jewish wedding because I think those people are going to hell. I mean, you know, it, it really, at some point, then, you know, that's when it becomes problematic. Mm-hmm. It, it's in Frank's question gets it to the heart of the, the individuals that the law, to the extent that it is designed to protect individuals, right? That's who the, the ball is aimed at. It's a private business owner. I gathered he might be a photographer. And does anything under the law compel Frank as a photographer to go take pictures at a wedding that he doesn't want to go take pictures at? No, it doesn't compel him. Um, you know, we, we really want to stress that the freedom of religion is deeply important. And it's um, that we all have a right to that belief. Um, But one's freedom of religion doesn't give anyone the right to hurt other people, to impose our beliefs on another, or to discriminate against others. Let's go back to the phones. We have uh, Mark from Jackson. Mark, good morning. Good morning. What's your comment or question this morning? Uh, well, the, my comment is uh, on the First Amendment mainly is that uh, everybody thinks the First Amendment says in it that there is a separation of church and state, and that's not in the First Amendment. That was written by Thomas Jefferson, Jefferson years later to a friend of his in a letter. And, you know, like I said, I defy anybody to, to, to look in the First Amendment and see where it says separation of church and state. It does not say that. The main thing that I... Uh, Founding fathers were concerned with was federalism. You know, they were they were more worried about what the federal government, the power they had, since you know we had a king, and you know they were made, they were trying to get the power to the states, which is where the power needs to be because that's you know that's the way we were set up, and uh, there are discriminatory laws and just about everything. You know, somebody's going to feel discriminated against no matter what the law is. Thank you for your call, Mark. Ms. Ms. Collins, you have a final comment? Um, I do have a final comment. I, I really want to stress that all hardworking people, including those who are gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, single, whatever, should be treated fairly and equally under the law. When we walk into businesses that are open to public, we should all be treated like anyone else and not be discriminated against. If you are discriminated against, I would ask that you call the ACLU of Mississippi at 601-354-3408 and let us know. We want to stand stand with you in defense of freedom. And that'll wrap us for today's In Legal Terms. We appreciate Ms. Riley Collins joining us today to hear this show. Go to mpbonline.org backslash In Legal Terms. Up next is Relatively Speaking. Join us again next Tuesday at 10 for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.